your, your facial hair is really coming in. I was looking up some stuff about like what the next move is here because it's basically just been like grow out, grow out. You know, I condition it. It's nice and soft. Like that's the thing that's been oh, mm-hmm. going pretty well is I thought it was going to be like, like when I first started growing like a mustache or anything, it was just like, peek, 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 you know, it's, it's it, that's how it is because it's just coming out of your out of your face. And I think you're frozen. <laughs> So I was just saying, I basically like my regimen has just been like conditioned the heck out of it, like mm-hmm. just trying to keep it as soft as possible. Because the number one thing is the first time Tara's like, I don't want to kiss you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's gone. We're going back to baby face, mm-hmm. which I will say, looking at old pictures of me, even before the mustache, I'm like, who is that that little boy, that little 38 year old boy? <laughs> well, it's also funny is listeners uh is that your your beard and mustache seem to have a little bit of like ginger in them? Is is this just the lighting? It's or? copper. No, Co- it, okay. it's very coppery. Okay. It's not full on red, but mm-hmm. it's weird because that's like that's got to be my mom's. I mean, my dad has had you know he had very very black hair, and then he got white. Like ever since I've known him, he's been ever since I remember he's been bald and had white hair. Mm-hmm. So same. It's funny considering to think I met of. your dad. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 years ago so um but even when like i see young pictures of him it's still like mostly white with like black streaks in it mm-hmm. like there's just a heavy amount of pepper in that salt but um my cousin um i was about to say my uncle but my uncle has zero blood relation to me so it <laughs> does not matter um but my cousin has the same thing where he grew a beard and it's very coppery and like his head's a little lighter brown than mine. Mine's pretty dark brown, but like, yeah, I don't, uh, there's, it's, we're Welsh and like English. Like it's just that kind of area. So I'm sure some like Viking red hair blood got into mm-hmm. there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of things being shaved bare. Uh oh. Uh, I think, I think I sent you an email that, that little Leo is now diabetic. Um, yes, and, I saw that. Yes. Uh, I forgot so, to respond. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he so you, you can, probably can't really see but like right here is like a glucose monitor on him um he has a cgm he's got a monitor yeah yeah technology cool. okay. so is it okay now this is gonna bore the heck out of our audience but is it like the same like a hundred is what you want to keep him at like is it the same kind of range or is there like a dog range there is a dog range he can go a little bit higher um uh he can the goal is like between 150 and 250 for him um so okay yeah um, we have not gotten there yet. He's wearing the monitor right now to figure out what insulin dose works for him because the, the big danger is him getting hypoglycemic. So yeah, they started out at a very gonna, low dose and then we're slowly like inching him up. Um, that makes sense. I was going to ask like if this was now a permanent thing because that seems like an expensive lifestyle change for a dog. It, it is a permanent thing. Cats can okay. recover from diabetes or go into remission. Oh, they no, no, can, no. I mean having a CGM. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Once we get him because his diet doesn't change. He eats the same thing every 12 hours so um it's not like a human where it's like he might have ice cream in the middle of the afternoon or something um but uh so he has a cgm for now and they have to shave they shave like a rectangle on him to put just stick the cgm on and um this is his second cgm the first one just randomly stopped working so uh they the first time they shaved him a little bit of peach fuzz so like cute this time bare as a, the... as a baby's bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> and i keep grazing it and being like <laughs> yeah 
And like yesterday, I took him out into the dog park and he was just lying down and sunning. And I went over there and put my hand over the rectangle of skin because I was like, this is going to get so sunburned. This has never seen the light of day. <laughs> That's funny. Because he has very um, thick, like coarse, like tight fur. And so it's like, no, your, your skin does not show through, sir. So... <laughs> I'm on uh, because I'm a, a, a avid fan of cryptozoology. I'm on some cryptid Facebook pages, of and every are. once in a while they just post things that look creepy. Mm-hmm. And there's been one going around lately where someone had a Scotty dog, mm-hmm. and they basically shaved, shaved the dog's head. The dog's head. I just saw yeah. this on Instagram, and it looks yeah. it looks like uh, like almost like kind of a vampire werewolf hybrid. Yeah, it looks like a yes. It looks like someone took like the Nosferatu yes. vampire and then a werewolf and they've got like a a thing that's like uh, when they put it all the way up it like werewolf and then when they put it down it's like vampire and they just stopped right about the eyebrows (laughs) it it actually i believe i want to say i saw it on instagram last night before i went to bed and i was like "Ah!" (laughs) Um, yeah it's it's that perfect amount of unsettling that as soon as you see what it is i think it doesn't like creep you out anymore it's not like listen sometimes i get things on those pages that i'm like i don't like this and i don't like that i now i've seen it Mm -hmm. But like that is just like oh oh whoa that's funny like you know it's it, it it like it doesn't bother you but um what else is new with you I, I didn't I listened to the first part of the uh, Oscar oh, podcast okay, yeah uh, I, I mean I, I, this is not me pandering for compliments I don't think it was my best work but I was glad to get my thoughts out there um I mean gosh I mean. <laughs> Uh, not not a whole lot. Let me put this way: not a whole lot that I want to share with all of our listeners. I've got a movie recommendation if you want to something Tara and I watched last night that we really liked. I mean, and I found out is one of the 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 hundred few hundred percenters on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you ever heard of the Pez Outlaw? No, oh my god, no! But I was about to ask if it was Paddington too, because <laughs> that's no, no, apparently no, no. like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> It's a it's a documentary on Netflix and it's eighty five minutes so I'm already recommending. Oh my god, it amazing! You know how much I love the the under ninety minute club. Yes, and it's one of those crime documentaries that's like such low stakes crime. In fact, like, well, I won't I won't say that. It, it's such low stakes crime because what it is is this man with OCD in like the nineties starts collecting things and then he f- discovers Pez. And he just decides in like the early 90s or like late 80s or whatever, just like, what if we went over to Eastern Europe to the Pez factory and just bought a bunch of them for real cheap and then brought them back over here and sold them and was selling them like he bought them for like 27 cents and would sell them for like $1,200 because the Pez collector market is Mm. so Mm -hmm. like, it's this thing where you learn like, well, these people are. It, it's so, it's so much little things that are just very interesting and it's at the end it ends up being this very charming story about this guy and it's like you really feel for him because he's not like it's they talk about how it's like he, his OCD and the collecting and this sort of thing like really helps him and his wife's like I thought it was weird but he was really miserable at his job but like when he did this he was very happy so I let him do it and he's like I don't know if I want to go over to Europe and do this and his son's like why not his son like pushes him to go because it's like yes it's a weird trip but it's like at least his dad is leaving and he's a strange little man but he's like very charming in that it doesn't feel like he's like I was there to make all this money it was just like he loved doing this thing and then he also went it was crazy that I could sell them for this amount of money and like how he does this and then like 
the Pez, you learn about like how Pez is distributed and like the guy who owned Pez in the US was like, no, nothing from Europe can come through here. I have to like do all this. And he becomes like the bad guy. It's it's a great 85 minute documentary. The, great. This sounds like they also cover a lot in 85 minutes. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting little story. It's just like it's one of those things where now I'm like, I'll never look at Pez the same way just because there's apparent, like, I, I would love to go to one of these Pez conventions just because I'm interested in them. Mm-hmm. I would never, like, one woman's like, they're like, what's the most you've spent on a Pez? And she's like, $11,000. And Tara and I sat around and we were like, what? She, she turns to me and she goes, what is something you would spend $11,000 on? And, and I'm like, I know what she meant was like something frivolous like this because I went uh-huh. like, I was like, I don't know, a trip, like you know, for the both of us. Oh or... yeah, no, like like what collector's item thing would you spend eleven thousand dollars on? Is how I yeah. interpret that question. I and my answer was if someone like sat me down like a tux fitting and fit me for like stormtrooper armor, that was like the closest thing I could think of. Like not just like oh I'm gonna drop eleven thousand, it may not fit. Like I want someone to custom mm-hmm. make it for me and like get to my size because like. When you make those things, you have to like, when people make them at home, they like have like their, how their bodies fit mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I was like that, th- I'm like, even that I'm probably ca- like, cause I'm thinking about like, we're taking a trip this summer and it's looking like, I'm looking at that cost and I'm like, I'm like, okay, Tara, you and I are going to like Ireland and Scotland like this summer and the two of us together combined right now are spending less, like add like few more thousand dollars and then this woman has bought a pez dispenser Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm. what that is like we like i just i like collecting things i have like a bunch of stuff but like there's a weird like limit in my head of like cap like this is ridiculous like Mm -hmm. what are you getting i like having the things i like looking at them they're cool but like there's a limit to where i don't want to every time i look at it go Oh, I see a huge price tag mm-hmm. instead of like the thing I'm enjoying or the piece of you know art or whatever. Uh, we will have to sidebar about your trip to Ireland, um, even though I, I know I know you've already been before, so you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need uh, my my hot tips. But um, is this going to be your first time on a plane since the pandemic started? No, I've been on a plane once. Where did I go? San Diego. We went to San Diego. So oh, I remember that. Plane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or like how I'm like, I know exactly every trip you've gone. I don't, but I just remember that like you, you specifically drove to New Jersey for Christmas. So I was just kind of yes. wondering. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that, the reason I do it again is all the the holiday. Like there's a difference between me. I'm okay going on a plane, but I'm also more likely to like if you told me to go on a holiday, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because it's so mm-hmm. awful. Like it's everything. It, it, it's too much stuff like at once like that's kind of my thing with covid now is it's like crowds and the type of people and like you know like an airport is not only like it's not like oh we all know about where they're coming from it's like everybody from everywhere mm-hmm. so you know god knows even if like covid went down like if covid got cured tomorrow i'd probably for the rest of my life still wear masks at the airport just because like the crud and everything yeah you know? Yeah. Uh, game developer conference is going on right now and it's been it's always cool to watch they do all these things there's this hashtag on twitter called what a game develop a game dev looks like because this woman who I, I it's funny i knew about this this hashtag like years ago and the woman works with me like i i was i was like she's at my office now and we've been in like uh uh meetings together and i was like oh my god i didn't realize this was you she started something called hashtag what a game dev looks like and the whole idea was she got in line to like speak at a at something and someone stopped her and goes hey ma'am this is for game devs 
And she's like, yeah, I'm the speaker. Oh. And it's the whole thing of like, you're not a white male, so no one's assuming you're a game developer. And so now it's this awesome hashtag where uh, if you're interested in game development, check it out because it's all the people who aren't it's 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 all the different like uh, colors of the rainbow of, of of game dev people and all the different different types of people out there who do it. And it's always fun to watch. But mm-hmm. like I am just also watching it because I'm waiting for next week when it's like I feel like crap. I got the crud like the con crud. And that's why like no matter if COVID comes or goes like I'm wearing masks for like the mm-hmm. rest of my life just because it's going to avoid stuff like that. Yeah, I uh... I was going to say you've been to big conventions and stuff and i'm sure you understand the concept of con crud oh, where yes. it's like yes i don't have a discernible disease coming out of this but i just feel like crud yeah and, and it's always i think like it's always a combo of many things it's like the germs that you come into contact with it's traveling not getting as much sleep mm-hmm. um the recycled air in convention centers that just like dries you out and just makes you like not feel great anyway it's like just a perfect storm of things so um, I, did i tell you about the time i was working at a game uh convention like at a, at a table and I was talking to someone about the guild hall and he just farted, not audibly, but like it was just him. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we have three tracks. We have art, uh, design and programming. And the thing is, <laughs> and I was just like, gave him this look. And I, I think I went, come on. Like, I think I said, come on, man. Cause it, like, like, I don't remember how the conversation ended. I think it just like, we both stopped talking and he walked away. Like, I think it was, he did it. He knew he did it. He didn't fess up to it, but he was like, I just need to walk. Yeah, he was like, weird, I just like, need to exit this situation. Yeah, and I was like, what's happening? It was so bad. Uh, well, anyway. speaking, speaking of exiting situations. <laughs> speaking of toots. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say, let's get to the episodes of Frasier because there are some situations he wants to exit from in uh, these episodes. So, uh, Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We talk about... I could talk about conventions and just my thoughts about them forever, but we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to talk about Frasier. Today, I, that's not an aggressive. Today, we're going to talk about Frasier. Today, we're going to talk about Frasier. And uh, today, for starting off, wait, we're going to start wait. with season 10. Are you not going to say that you're like, you were new to Frasier? I'm oh, the expert. yeah. I feel like I just jump into it lately. You're right. Laurel is the expert. Thank you. That, that's that's all we need. That's all you continue. <laughs> Laurel, I just, we just like pepper that into the thing every once in a while. I'll just like clip that out and put it in there. Laurel is the expert. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, re- I really hope that everyone enjoyed the part of the email one that I sent about Leo having diabetes, where I was like, it's not about your favorite Leo, me. It's about the dog Leo. I forgot that. <laughs> I thought about that same thing, because it did say, like, news about Leo, and that was, it was my first thought. It was a Leo update. A Leo, a Leo update. update. And I was like, I, th- I actually, to be 100% honest, I thought you were sending me, like, when the majority of the emails I get from you, Laurel, which is fine, are here's the here's the the title I've thought of. Like here's the next episode. So yes, I, and they're, I saw, they're podcast related. Yes, right. So it says a Leo update, and I'm in my mind going like, what did we talk about Laurel being a Leo in the last episode? <laughs> like I thought that was like your your title mm-hmm. suggestion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, today we're talking about season ten, episode twenty. Before we start, Laurel, are, how close are we getting to the like your line of like I haven't seen these? Are we there? Oh. I don't recall either of these two episodes at okay. all. Okay. Uh, I do, like, I do recall Dr. Phil being in an episode, and I was like, perhaps I saw it, but also perhaps I just remember the preview, so... Well, we'll get to that one in a bit, because mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a big deal, but right now we're going to start with Season 10, Episode 20, Farewell Nervosa. Cafe Nervosa isn't the same after it hires a guitarist named Ben to play ambient music, sending Fraser and Niles on a search for a new coffee bar. Now... 
I have lately that, just that been... That is basically the Hulu synopsis as well. It was like, oh, wow. Frasier and Niles look for a new coffee shop after Nervosa hires a musician. I thought, well, like, looking at the title, I went, oh, no, Nervosa... Like, I thought it was, like, Nervosa was closing yes. or something, and I'm glad it wasn't. I'm also excited to learn in this episode that it is named after Miss Nervosa. Yes, um, the owner, who is played by actress Amy Hill, who's a little bit of a that woman for me. Yes, I uh, knew her from Fifty First Dates. I, I knew think. her from Fifty First Dates, and apparently, I was just I was reading her Wikipedia. Apparently, that's one of her best known roles. She's also had a recurring role in the TV show Unreal, which was uh, like a, a, a very gritty soap opera um, set at a show that's basically just like The Bachelor. Oh it was yeah, I, I, created I, I, by a, a woman who had been a producer on The Bachelor. Um, um, really good and then it really jumps the shark but it's really good oh wow so uh so this one is directed by kelsey Grammer. oh oh wow um it's interesting because i feel like i've uh, I, I don't remember which episode previously was one of his but i remember really liking it this one had some stuff that i was like these are some odd choices and it okay and- thank you because i felt like they had two different storylines that they then were like, oh, we got to put these in one episode. How do we make these work? And they very awkwardly smushed these two storylines together. Uh, the two storylines being the, the... Being then the, leaving Nervosa and looking for a new place. And, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember Felicity Huffman's character's name. Julia? Ju- yes. And Julia and Fraser's accountant having an Julia affair. Julia Wilcox. Yes. Okay. That I thought you meant the like A and B story, which I was like, well, they kind of do that. But no, I agree with you. It was like... Is this about Nervosa? Is this about this? This, if you had told me when I got done that this one was like forty-five minutes long, I would have believed you. Like, yes. It, I wasn't like looking at my clock, but I was like, this feels like there's been so much going on in this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this also has kind of a cavalcade of of guest stars. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I kept scribbling down people's mm-hmm, names. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very proud that I immediately recognized Elvis Costello. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I. I was like, I, I think I wrote, oh, hell yeah, Elvis Costello. And I thought it was funny that like, I was like, I would love to be at a coffee bar, listen to Elvis Costello play. First, it was like Wild Irish Rover or what was it? It's, it was, it's, okay, thank you for bringing that up. It is the song, The Wild Rover, the Wild which Rover, for a yeah. very long time was the ringtone on my phone for when my parents <laughs> called me. Mine was the Imperial March from Star Wars, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, so uh, I, uh, you know, I am Irish and my, this is, I did, who knew this was a good tie in when my parents and I went to Ireland in 2010, our best family trip ever. Like we will all be in agreement about that. Um, we went to many of the pubs we went to had live music and, and like concerts and stuff going on. And one of them, um, I, I think that the band was called the Wild Rovers and they sang like, you know, the Rocky Road to Dublin and everything, but mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they sang obviously the Wild Rover and like, and like whiskey in the jar and stuff like my parents and I like will still like when we hear it like we have to clap after no name ever every time and yeah, just... yeah that was the part he got to like yes yeah, when he got out. to that I was like <laughs> exactly but it's weird that he does that guys and then, we'll, like... we'll drop a we'll drop the full song in the Facebook group because it, it's a great little Irish but, ditty but then later when he plays another song it's like tie me kangaroo down and I'm like why is Elvis Costello playing like I, I okay I don't know how to connect Ireland and Australia in one word, but it's like colonies of London, like who are kind of oppressed people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, what? Why is it? Why is it those like weird? Like, because I think he's British. Yeah, I was also a little bit like, 
if you're Elvis Costello, are you having fun with this role? Or are you like, this is a kind of stereotypical annoying role? Or are you just like, yeah, this is, I'm having a good time. I he seemed to be having a good time. Well, especially when he was playing, he seemed like he was, I mean, it was just yeah. like, I can't play any of my songs because then they'll have to pay me. Like, it yes. was just probably free stuff he knew. Like, also, uh, very odd musician choice for a coffee shop. Like, this yeah. is not an Irish pub. And you're having, like, when I first read the synopsis, again, I don't remember this episode. I was like, oh, do they have, like, a kind of folksy pop singer, like, a little, like, kind of Lumineers-esque yeah, um, yeah, yeah. kind of person or, like, a Nora Jones-style person or something. And when I was like, whoa, that is not the ambiance you want for people who are coming in to have a quick cup of coffee. Like, So... I, I think I thought it was going to be like Phoebe from Friends, where it's just mm. like someone who's like experimental and mm-hmm. whatever and just like, oh, this is annoying. But like, I agree with you. I liked this this setting. I would never go to a coffee bar for this situation. I Mm-mm. would go to a pub or whatever. Or I'd expect to go to you know the coffee bar at night or something like that. Yes. Yes. Um, so... The, the the a plot the is, a1 plot yeah and that's what i was gonna say and then we have a dot one yeah uh is that fraser and niles decide they have to leave nervosa after 10 years and go find a new coffee spot and so we see them trying to go to these different places um including uh, a place where they the sizes are piccolo macho mucho, mucho. and mucho macho yeah i thought that was it, funny a clear riff on, you know, at the time, everybody was so aghast that Starbucks had invented their own sizes and that Grande, while well, that means large, was not the largest size you could get. Mm-hmm. So uh, That was I, also I Matt Besser, speaking of other people from UCB, one of the UCB founders. Oh, I, I, I didn't I didn't pump on him on him at all. Um, I'm trying to what think else of, do we know him from? He was in Parks and Rec uh, with what? Nick Nick Kroll as uh, Ira and the Douche. Oh, was he? Oh, wait, is he a crazy Ira, Ira or was crazy he the Ira, Douche? Crazy okay. Ira. He was crazy, um, Ira. Um, okay. Oh gosh. But he's one of the like four big founding members, along with Matt Walsh and Amy Poehler, and I forgot who the other one is. Oh, I, 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 I could I could recognize him if you put him up on screen, but I don't know his name off the top it's of my not, head. It's not Dave Keckner. No, it's 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 no like it's I don't think most people know him. Like I oh, think okay. Dave Keckner is way more recognizable than this guy. He's in um, a bunch of stuff, but I can't remember his name. There's also a coffee shop they don't go to, but it's called Don't Spill the Beans, which I have to say I really enjoy as a coffee shop name. <laughs> they don't go at all, or is that the one with Steve? Because I want to talk about Steve. No, for no. A bit. Uh, he is saying they're because they're talking when Fraser. The reason Piccolo, Macho, Mucho, and everything comes up is Fraser's trying to find what the sizes he got at Novosa, and he was like, "Well, over at Don't Spill the Beans oh, is a semi colossal." <laughs> Yes, it's like a it's like a coffee size conversion where he's like, well, if I have yes. this over at spill the beans, it's this, which means I need five eighths. Of, like I thought that was really. Funny. I'm also like, why are you not just holding? I understand it's a TV show; they want to make it funny. Why are you not just holding up the cups and being like, this right. is this and this is? Um, well, it's also the TV show where he goes, okay, go wait on your bean bag, and Fraser yes. turns around and sees the bean bags. It's like you would have noticed that coming in. This wouldn't be yes. a surprise. Yes, uh, I I enjoyed that the coffee shop they go to that Steve works at. Steve, not Steven. Uh, yes. They say has the charm of an airport, and I have never heard something so spot on about the decor of like. I mean, that's exactly what like an airport like Hudson News coffee shop combo looks like. Right. I I think in a episode full of really good guest stars, Steve Ch- shown shine shined. Yeah. I liked his performance a lot. His deadpan delivery of everything was so good but yes. so like there was this like see see me this like simmering contempt behind everything yes. that was so good his way to go 
damn, every time I opened my heart was like yes. really funny. So good. So good. Also, how insufferable to be like, my name is Steve. Steven, blah, blah, blah. It's like, my name is Steve. It's yeah. like, I, I, like, I was like, God, that is like, so, I mean, that's so insufferable of Frazier to be like, I shall call you by your Christian name. Frazier's pretty insufferable in this whole episode. Um, I wanted to real quick so that that actor is Kevin Daniels. I looked it up because I was like, I really think we need to spotlight this guy because he's good. Like they threw him in with a bunch of like really great actors in, in mm-hmm. this thing. And he, and he held, held his, his own. own. He plays Longinus on Modern Family. Longinus. 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 I don't know. Sorry. Longinus sounds like a uh, Roman uh, general. <laughs> like, I, 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 I think it sounds like a medical condition. Like, oh, she can't come. She's got longinus. I just imagine this woman with like extra long arms or whatever. <laughs> no, it's it's longinus. It's one of Cam and Mitchell's friends. Um, and like in kind of that Nathan Lane. Do, wait, did you watch Modern Family? I yeah. Well, okay. Tara watched it. And I would come in and sit in on episodes. I didn't watch they it would, like start to finish. It's kind of a person that they referred to more than you saw. You see him not nearly as frequently as you. He's part of the like He's pepper. In, like, Twelve episodes. Na- na- well, Modern Family was on for like eleven years. So. Um, you know, Nathan Lane plays Pepper and it's like part of the group that Mitch and Cam hang out with, with Pepper. Mm, okay. That and, makes sense. Yeah. And anyway, Longinus is part of it. Yeah. Longinus. Um, Longinus. It just, it doesn't, it just to me, I imagine like. I think that that's, that's not the name the of the episode. I think we're just calling this Longinus. Longinus. <laughs> She's got a case of Longinus. Um, who else? So. So. Th- see. Th- so th- John Hanna one- is the, the big star of, of plot A, A2. Oh, your microphone went out. Can you hear me? and we're now moving to the laptop mic okay. so john hannah you might know from the mummy you might know from he was on the tv show spartacus which i didn't watch but was like a big thing people were talking about in my he looks like someone i should know and i don't think i know him from anything um sliding doors i think he was in sliding doors he's in a bunch of stuff oh i, I mean i've seen sliding doors once yeah he was just on the Last of Us. For those of you who watched The Last of Us, he was in the first episode where it was like that oh. professor discussing why oh so mushrooms Matt and I were watched an issue. the first half of the first episode and then so decided the show him. was not for us. So we did see him. Yes. yes. Um, interesting show. I, I it, 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 anyway, um, I definitely worth watching. But like, I think people wanted it to be something different, and then it became very like zombies got us to the story we wanted to tell and then we kind of like didn't really talk about zombies much anymore which is fine but uh, anyway um i mean but also just john hannah like i've been scrolling for a minute on his imdb and i am only oh, yeah. at 2017 he is busy yeah i just saw what did i just see oh i've been watching carnival on hbo which was a show they had like early 2000s and he was in an episode there's a couple episodes i think um I uh yeah, so he shows up. I'm excited to see him, but it's it's just funny because he's like 38 there, I think. And he just has this like not like there are some people who always look old, but he looks perpetually like late 40s early 50s to me. Uh, oh, <laughs> which I, I think is good for him now, but like did not think he looked old. like I would guess he looked like he was in his 30s. He to me he had mm. kind of a boyish look about him. I think his body is boyish, but his face is kind of like pinched. Mm. I don't know how to explain okay. it. It's just, it just always seems. He also kind of looks like Peter Capaldi, so I might be like conflating mm, who those does two. does look perpetually old, yes. Yes. And now um, he is older, but yes. Um, so John Hanna plays Avery, Fraser's 
co- uh, college classmate who's now his accountant. And mm-hmm. I really thought his plot was going to be about helping Fraser. Oh yeah, that gets abandoned real quick. Finances. Yes, it gets abandoned so quick. Where he's like, "You spent nine thousand dollars on caviar last month. I, hire, I had to hire an associate just to go through all of your sherry receipts." There's like two or three things in this episode that directly reflect older episodes. Oh no, no, it's the next one where they talk about him sleeping with BB. But like this one where he says, "You have that that caviar from last month, which was the whole like." What's that? Black what, is that what that was caviar. supposed to reference? I mean, the, it's, like... it's it's a it's a line that could reference that, but like also, if you're just showing up to the show, like it doesn't seem out of place, right? Mm-hmm. So I, will, I mean, it's I a good say, line. I was visiting some friends last weekend in San Antonio, and um, the husband didn't know that I have a Frasier podcast, and he was like, "Oh man, I love Frasier." He's like, "I you know I haven't watched it since it was like on," but um, he was like, "I should listen to your podcast." And caviar came up at one point, and I was like, "Well, there's an episode of Frasier," and he was like, "And they're eating caviar off the floor," and I was like, "Yes," and he was like, "Oh my god, I remember that episode." <laughs> Frasier just brings people together, you know. Um, I who else is in this? Alex Bornstein is in it. Alex in the Bornstein B-Club, is in can- this. In- so underutilized honestly but also like good for her for getting work because this is around the time that she lost or had to she was cast in gilmore girls as suki who would end up going to melissa mccarthy she filmed the pilot and then mad tv um she was on mad tv at the time and i guess mad tv ended up getting renewed for another year so she had to stay on mad tv and they had to replace her and reshoot the pilot reshoot those scenes in the pilot and then Mm. mad tv got canceled and melissa mccarthy was already in the role so yeah, I mean, you know, she's a vet, a very, she's in a lot of voice acting. She's been in, I'm trying I mean, to go to the movies. She has an Emmy for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's oh, doing yeah, just fine. yeah, I forgot that's a big thing she's doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, the woman is doing just fine. And she ended up still having a recurring role in Gilmore Girls and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think she's very talented, but was honestly kind of wasted in this role as somebody who was supposed to observe Daphne uh as a physical therapist. So uh, was the idea there that she had taken on some clients or she was planning on taking on other clients? I think she was planning on taking on other clients, okay. which I also found an odd time to have this happen. Is it just because now she's no longer living with them? So now she actually just like has more time in her day. Cause she was kind of a housekeeper as well as his physical therapist. Yeah. They didn't like lead up to it at all. Like it wasn't like Daphne's been like, you know, I've been thinking about like, you know, cause I could see a whole thing where it's like, I, I could see a, a plot in an earlier episode where it's like, I feel kept and I don't want to feel kept. I want to yeah. feel useful. And like, they just kind of jumped to like, I'm thinking of taking on other clients. And it's like, okay, yeah yeah and so i thought that when someone was going to come and observe her that martin was going to try to throw a wrench in this to be like i don't want daphne to take on other clients because then what if she decides like she doesn't want to like or like i i don't need her anymore or something um yeah i i uh, i did like that whole scene though where it was like someone who was you know recently in pt the like whole like him being like oh it's am i on a cloud who knows and then her you know alex bornstein saying i think you're frozen again i like the whole bit with martin trying to help but then kind of getting his comeuppance like i it was it was it felt like comeuppance because he was like daphne you don't know what you're doing that's when i was like okay i've turned on martin and then you get to see him have his comeuppance and it felt good the whole like you know martin uh physical therapy isn't about being comfortable it's it's hard work and then like they both come over and have like the really strong hands Mm -hmm. i thought that was a good bit that also Um, 
that's just what I mean. We're like, there's so much plot happening. But let, let's get back to Felicity Huffman. Um, I'm sorry, Julia, Julia Wilcox and Avery. Because well, one real quick last thing on, on Martin, though, I just and I'll put this up. The picture for IMDb is Martin going like, Argh! so when I saw that out of context, it's really funny. OK, go ahead. Sorry. When they're leaving the coffee shop that I think Steve was working at, Frazier, I, I don't know pops back in to get something or whatever and then sees they run into julia entering the coffee shop as they're leaving mm-hmm. and she's really snarky to niles um and they're like well this just kind of seals the deal that this won't be our coffee shop and then fraser pops back into the coffee shop for a moment and sees julia greeting avery and they start like making out passionately in the corner right, yeah, of this yeah. coffee shop and they've already established that avery's married and i think has a kid or something so uh yeah i was kind of like when i first said i was like okay who cares and then I was so like, oh, yeah, he's married. Out. Are we supposed to care? When I when I remembered he was married, I was like, oh, right. Well, I guess that's some of it. But I was like, why is Frazier so shocked by this other than someone he knows is making out with someone else he knows? But then I was like, oh, wait, he's got a kid. But it was like, I don't know. Well, it, but, but again, like, are we supposed to care about this character who we just met and this character who we don't like? If you told me that Kelsey Grammer did some rewriting on the day... It does feel like we're trying to make Frazier seem like, and I, they they mentioned he's like oh he's always got to swoop in like a guardian angel, but like mm-hmm. it does feel like it's like let's make Frazier a hero and like this, you know, a uh, uh, pious individual who's like well you can't cheat and I'm here trying to do a good thing and you're mean to me and blah blah blah. Well, and also assuming that Julia doesn't know that like what we know about Julia, she would never take up with somebody if she knew they were married and it's like she's like no i know we're having an affair i'm like yeah i mean i don't know i i, I will say i do get on fraser's side when he like went over there and was like hey man like does she know like i like i think like that i understand like i i would that would be something i would do where i'd like i don't think i'd come in and be like look here you blah 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 blah, blah. but i'd be like hey man i saw this i know what's happening like but the other thing is like there's no concern for the the wife. So that's what I thought he was going over there to say is yeah. that I was at your wedding. Like, I know your wife. This, like, you, you, I, I did not think he was going over there out of concern, really, for Julia. So then when it was for Julia, I was like, uh, I guess because they're coworkers, I'm like, don't get involved in her personal business like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm also coming at it from my like. I, I assume everybody on these shows are friends, you know, like because like I, I'm not seeing it as co- like I don't think of it as coworkers. We've seen Julia enough that I'm like, oh, she's a recurring guest star. They must be, she must be important. <laughs> it was just like somebody else, but like I, I, it, the fact that it's it's like indignant re- concern for Julia and only Julia. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it's more like, man, what are you doing? Like you're married. Do do they both know? Like yeah. you're hurting someone here. Like this is messed up. Like, but his mm-hmm. was like, Julia could get hurt, and it's like, well, that's white knight shining armor stuff. That's yeah. a little odd. And it does end up having kind of a nice resolution that the musician at Nervosa ends up uh, Elvis Costello because I don't know if we ever oh Ben his name's Ben Ben yes uh, ends up leaving Nervosa because he got a job at a bank that julia um got for him to kind of pay fraser back for trying to help her even though she knew exactly what she was doing i mean that's kind of a nice inning but it's also like really contrived like hey here's this guy give him a job at the bank also like 
she could have just been like, thanks, Frazier. I mean, I guess the idea is she can't do that, but it's like this is a really weird workaround. It also didn't, the show didn't end on a joke, which to me felt like Kelsey Grammer being like, you see, this show has, can be important. And, but it's like important in like, Frazier was thanked. Like, I don't know. It just, Th- that's it, what I mean about this just being such a weird episode. It's too bad you really can't see my face. Um, cause I feel like I have a very like <laughs> confused or like, frustrated look on my face it's such Mm -hmm. a weird episode and that they tried to cram these two different storylines together both of these could have been a plots on their own and they ended up both being the a plot and they were like oh we got to connect these somehow while fraser's looking for a new coffee shop he runs into julia making out with the accountant or he would be looking he could just be like well, we're out and about in the city, and this is the closest coffee shop. Yeah. I need to get my Java fixed. And it's like, okay, the the whole Cafe Nervosa thing. I, I want to go into one scene there in a sec. But the other thing I wrote at the end was, oh, geez, they're going to get together, aren't they? Because it does feel like we can't have this sort of like appreciation from a woman to Frazier that's not Roz or Daphne and have him not like, oh, they're going to hook up by the end of the right. season now. I, I so have to say, I was stunned to see Felicity Huffman come back. I was like, I had no idea if she was in the show this much. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about, the scene I wanted to talk about, there's two more Ben scenes I want to talk about. Well, the first one is when Frazier like just runs up and pulls his cord out, like unplugs his, his amp. Oh yes. And then the whole scene is like, and again, this is going into when I learned Kelsey grammar directed this. I'm like, Oh, because it's very poorly directed. It's, all right, everyone look at me. I'm Kelsey Grammer. Like that's the scene is everyone just staring at him and him having that interaction with Miss Nervosa. Like there's nothing for any of those extras to do. And granted, like it was just a very awkward scene in general, but it also just wasn't very well staged, but it was just, that whole scene made me very strangely uncomfortable of like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, right. it just was this uncomfortable, like, stop, 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 stop. Like, sometimes, like, like a lot of the times, the, the uncomfortableness I say in The Office when I watch them, like, everyone stop, like, this scene's getting uncomfortable. That was starting to feel that way to me, where I was like, why do you think this is okay to do this? Like, you're making a scene in front of everyone. Like, if imagine someone did that at a place you were at. Yeah, no, that would be, I mean, well, also, we live in Texas. I feel like, like, the gun start, would come out. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, people start throwing punches. Yeah. Are you ready to rate this episode? Because I, I really, I really don't want to talk about this episode anymore. Okay. Uh, w- one last thing. Uh, when the only time I turned on Ben, I really like Ben uh, slash Elvis Costello until he goes, "Who's gonna get up here and shake the egg thing?" Which I liked that whole scene that it led to. It was really funny. Yes, where I, d- I did enjoy that. Niles Fraser comes in and is like Niles. Niles jamming out was a little fun. Yeah, but like I like I have just been in situations um, where. I hate any audience participation where they look for the person who looks the most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, F you, you don't know what you're doing. Like, get out of here. And that's what that felt like to me. I was like, like if, if someone says, no, I don't want to go like, okay, surely there's someone in that, that cafe who was like, oh, I can't wait to shake the egg. <laughs> like, yes. You know, um, I originally gave this episode a six out of 10 because I remember liking it. But the more and more I thought about it, like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd give it a five or a four, but I gave it, I'm going to go with five waltzing Matildas. What did you give it? Um, I'm going to give it four mucho macho cups of coffee. I, I, I was really, hoping you'd I, give it five wild rovers and we could have both of the songs. <coughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I think, I, I think this episode could get out of its own way. So anyway, I'm ready to move on yeah. to the next one. What did you think about the next one? Like just before we jump in, are you Oof. excited? Oof. Tough. Cause 
Dr. Phil has not aged well. I don't mean physically. I mean the, uh, like, realities of him and his show have not aged well. So, but... Okay, let's jump into that in a second. But we, let me, we let me oh, I, I wrote stuff down. I had, to, I had to refresh my memory about some things. So, yeah. Um, Season 10, episode 21, The Devil and Dr. Phil. B.B. Lures... B. That is hard to say. B.B. Lures Frasier into dark pathways <laughs> after revealing that she is also an agent to Dr. Phil McGraw. To dark pathways sounds like they couldn't think of what to say there. <laughs> um, this, I think, was a big episode because I will... Um, let me share my screen with you real quick. I just wanted to show you this ad. Yes. Um, oh, wow. That is the dueling shrinks. Wow. Dr. Phil success has Frasier. Like, it's like... The doc, I'll, and I'll put this up on the Facebook page. But the the like, this is just something I found when I was looking. Like, listen, listeners, we don't do a ton of research for this this podcast. But like, I was just like, oh, I'll just do see if there's anything on here. And this is a, like they advertised this. I think it was a big deal at the time. I, think I did more research for this episode of the podcast than I've done in a long time because I did a, a oh, little wow. bit of a deep dive on Doctor Phil. Um, and well, let's hear it because I. First of all, he's not in the episode a ton. No, like he's, he's not in it very much. Also, funny that they say that that, that ad says Frazier's fuming because Dr. Phil's successful. That's not really the case. Frazier has a bone to pick with him over money he lost in a card game. So Yes, which we learned at the end that Dr. Phil has a gambling problem. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So to back up a little bit, Dr. Phil kind of came to prominence when Oprah hired him. Oprah's legal team hired him to be a the... Um, jury strategist basically for lack of a better word when she was sued by the cattle ranchers of texas when um she said she would like never eat beef again after mad cow became a big thing and the cattle ranchers of like texas sued oprah for like defamation or something and they had a trial in Hmm. amarillo your eyes are telling me you don't know this part of the origin story do you no not at all oh okay yeah so her legal team hired dr phil at the time he was a jury strategist like meeting with people to help like in in voir dire of jur of like jury selection help kind of pick who who you would mm-hmm. want the, the the jurors to be um and so he worked with her legal team i think during that whole trial i'm pretty sure she was like found not responsible for any losses they'd suffered um but then she started having him on her show um so he got like oprah's seal of approval which you know she i think she's had to eat crow on some like recently with dr oz but then he got his own show of him like doing therapy with people and his very like blunt yet folksy way of like telling people how to fix their problems and stuff and mm-hmm. became super high rated, super popular. By the way, his show is apparently ending this season after it's been on for like 20 years. Um, but kind of shocked it's still on, but um, I didn't know it was still on either. Um, yeah. Apparently it's ending this season. He wants to move on to other things, but uh so some of the like it's been i don't think there's been any one huge scandal it's been like a lot of things that have added up so former employees have like come out and said that that's that his show is a really toxic workplace that they face racism they put they face like sexism they uh so that um was part of it you're telling me that a man who has a folksy way of telling people exactly what to do and, and thinks he knows better than most people might not have uh, real progressive opinions on minorities and women. You're telling me this? <laughs> anyway, the other things are more that people have found that his show is more ex- exploited, exploitative, exploitative. That's a word. Ex- of, I hate it, but I'm of with you. People and their problems. Like he apparently back in like 2008 when Britney Spears was having like her original breakdowns and was like on psych holds and stuff was like trying to get into the hospital to film 
her and her family and talked to them about it was like hosting episodes about it and stuff that ended up like doing her more harm than good that there's they've looked at just some people that he's brought onto his show and like what's happened with them after and a lot of them thought they were like going on the show to get help and instead were just like further pushed into like their vulnerable situation or their vulnerable mental health because all he does basically is like scold them scold them yell at them and then there's no other thing apparently he's affiliated with a few recovery centers in California that have lost their licenses and the state of California have said that they're like dangerous facilities. His son had a rehab center that I think was shut down because of some things. It's just all a little like, it sounds like maybe it all started with good intentions. Like we're just going to help people. And then it became about like ratings and money and the Dr. Phil empire. And what sells is showing people acting crazy on TV. And then that's all that you need and then the show ends and these people are actually left even more broken than they were before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, not- and I, I'm not super familiar with um, the actress Shelley Duvall and what like mental health problems she's had. But apparently oh. she was on his show in like 2016 talking about some mental health issues. And she said that she's one of the only like, I guess, well-known people who's kind of come out and said that like she was sold a bill of goods about what going on a show was going to be like and that they like if you come in and they're, you're not vulnerable enough they will just like continue to try to break like producers and him will continue to try to break you down to get good footage yeah um, so it's not entirely shocking but yeah shelly you know her whole like she was just abused on the set of the shining like crazy same thing like trying to get a performance out of her so mm. she was just treated like garbage by kubrick probably nicholson as well but. i often confuse her and shelly long which is humorous because i know other than having the same first name they're really not all that similar but i, I always forget that she mm. is in the shining i've only seen the shining once so but oh great movie i know it's good but like it's so seared in my memory that like i don't need to see it again yet so that makes it even funnier that i don't remember that shelly duvall did you see dr sleep no the sequel is is actually really really good mm. especially if you ever plan on seeing the first one again it's fun it's good to watch back to back anyway um all, all this to say as soon as i saw that dr phil was going to be in this episode i was like Ugh. yeah I, I i just have ne- never been a fan of the guy because I, I in general i don't like i have a real problem and it's kind of as i've gotten older painted like who you know why i try to be an activist of certain things or like an ally of certain people and it boils down to i don't like people who think they're better than other people and dr phil really to me doesn't feel like he's trying to make people feel better he's trying to like you said scold them for ratings or be like i know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. let me tell you how to do things Mm -hmm. i don't that was if dr phil was a muppet um i i also forgot to mention that i met him once Oh, yeah, where? At, at SMU, his youngest son went to SMU for a year, and he was a year younger than me, and he, I worked at that time in the residence life office, and he, it was when his son was considering coming to SMU, they came in to go on a tour of residence halls. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, think I handed them some brochures, and then they, like, went off with the director to go look at residence halls. I don't know why, but I feel like your name is a good, like, touchstone for doing a Dr. Philbert. Like, Laurel? Like, it just feels like... <laughs> I, I don't know that he even said my name. Like Right, but that's in my head as I say, Laurel, thank you so much. I, I feel like his son, <laughs> his son looked bored out of his mind. And I think, and I, like I said, only was at SMU for a year. And then I think went to go be in a band. Um, and yeah. uh, I, 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 like, I'm pretty sure I just like, it was his wife was the one who was like, we're so excited to be here. And like, that's like, literally all I remember is how incredibly tall he was and that his son looked bored. Um. So one thing I want to jump into in the episode, if that's okay. Yeah. 
is I think we're burying the lead that this is a BB episode. Oh my gosh. I know. Also, <laughs> listeners, I'm, I don't want to spoil the ending, but like, I truly believed that BB was Dr. Phil's agent. It made perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole thing being a scam and also being a scam to erase Dr. Phil's gambling debt to BB was uh, like, some of the setup I really like, the whole thing where it was, where she's like, come see me tonight like i literally went it's funny that they're playing her need to be frazier's agent again as sexual and then they go bb wants to sleep with me i'm like oh oh there is no subtext here this is all text <laughs> like i was like okay like because i you know I, I i was like this character uh, first i went this character would never sleep with frazier and then i went oh wait she has like it was like yes. i forgot about that yes and then the whole Faust setup, like, I figured out what was going to happen, like, mere seconds before it happened. It all just clicked into place in a way that was so funny. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Are you talking about, like, the setup at her apartment? Well, th- th- them even saying, like, this feels like a Faustian deal. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, just like a funny throwaway line mm-hmm. at Nervosa. And then her being, like, uh, like the choir's playing downstairs. Mm-hmm. And there's... The red light a, flashing outside. There's that the red light. Was that like the the uh, what is the thing that's in Seattle? Space needle. Thank you. So was I that assumed that? it was the space needle, but then I was like, her apartment would have to basically be like next to the next space door needle, which... and even with the space needle. So I mean, it could have been like adult walk sign or something. Like who knows? Yeah, but it was uh, it was just this red light flashing, and I was like, well, are we going to address that? Like, why aren't we? Talking about that, like, because I, I don't think he says anything. And he, when he was like, do you hear running water? And she was like, oh, I'm steaming a dress. I was like, why do you need running water to steam a dress? You don't. You fill up the steamer. Anyway, this was just. Well, I think it was just that that trick of just running hot water to steam up the bathroom. Mm. Oh, so it was. Um, I, I guess I thought the steam was still coming from a steamer. In her bed. Yeah. It, well, it obviously was the amount that came in. But the whole thing where he does it and then all of a sudden he opens the window and it's. They're singing some very like haunting kind of dirge like music. Cor- yeah, choral music. The red lights going, and she comes in, and like the steam comes out, and it's like this. She's like, "Come join me, Frazier." I I went from like I really don't like this setup. I don't like that what we're doing. I like I really didn't like this setup, but the payoff. And I think the show has done it this a few times where I'm like, I don't like where they're going with this, and then I'm like, okay, I like uh, this was worth it. But like, I, I, I agree. I dug it. I was very eye rolly, and then I was like, actually, I enjoyed this in the end. So yes. I think this is one that you have to get through to really like, I think it's a, it's, it's not my favorite BB episode, but I think the one where he sleeps with her is the one where she, she feigns suicide, right? Oh, maybe when, when they're in the station manager's office and she goes, yes. yeah, yeah. But I, she always does these things where I'm like, what a, what a, what a, this woman is insane. And then and she's like, darling we're getting you ratings like I, I i will say like i reference bb all the time as just the kind of like i'm going to make you a star like i do that joke like anytime i'm like referencing someone like i'm gonna make you a star it's it's i'm thinking bb in my mm-hmm. head like and she is probably i can't think of a character i like that's not the main cast better than bb considering I, the first time i'm like who is this woman i can't you know and now i'm like baby it's a bb episode <laughs> I would really like to applaud what I feel like is your 180 on BB. Because I do remember you being like, she's a bit much. I hope we don't see a lot of her. And I was like, Um, also, I want to say, I think it's been a few years since we've seen BB. Harriet Sansom Harris looks fantastic. 
like Laurel, her. she looks fantastic today. Like I told you she was in uh Werewolf by Night, right? The the, oh. the Marvel Halloween thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, I saw Which her in is, Licorice Pizza. She did not look fantastic in Licorice Pizza, but I don't know that she was necessarily supposed to. I think she's supposed to be like a grizzled old agent in that. I mean, the last thing I saw her in was a very like crisp black and white. So that was part of it. And she's mm. also made up to look like essentially like the matriarch of a monster hunting fa- family. So think about that. Like, and she's the one being like, you should never have come back after you did, after you told your father you hated him. Like, she's like the wicked witch in that. Like, it's so. Like someone going like, who are we going to get for this role? And someone like, I imagine Fraser being on at the dentist office or something where he's seen this and he looks over, he's like, BB, we got to get B. Like, it's just such a good, it's, it's a great casting choice. That's not an obvious casting choice, but it's, she does so well in that. And I was going to say, going back to, like you said, my 180 on her, it feels like my opinion of BB is every Fraser BB episode. It's who is this woman she's insane oh i'm really coming around her yes you're great so the last episode we have her she's gonna like totally like the the last step in my bb evolution is her revealing that this is all a con on me and i don't know how that's gonna work but you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the next step is like me going oh she knew all along she was but I yes, BB's my number one guest star i know we keep saying i keep we keep thinking of this after march madness of doing the like March Madness best non. Okay, well, how about after March Madness ends this year to just you know keep people are going to miss their brackets, so we'll just we'll do that. We'll do that. We, we, we've we'll started do that. a we, we talked about starting a Google Doc, and maybe we actually started one. And I think before we've said only people who are in one episode. I think that's a little too limiting. I think yes. Um, so anyway, I do want to that could out, be a, a a division like yes. the one the one timers. Yes. Um, I do want to get into some of the subplots. First one is Martin mm-hmm. is working nights because. The boss at, of like the security team that he works on wants him to date his sister, and Martin won't. So mm-hmm. he is making. I'm like, what is this job you have, Martin? Yeah, well, it was a very weird reason to get to what was interesting about that plot, which was the let's see what Martin does at mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like that was the joke and was funny, but the whole like the whole wanting to date someone had nothing to do with anything, and him like shredding his tie using the fire extinguisher when he used the fire extinguisher to propel himself across the floor in the rolly chair i was like do you know how hard that dust is to clean up <laughs> like martin's not gonna be able to clean that up on his own and then when he the microwave uh when he set the shredder on fire and then was out of fire extinguisher dust, i was like no no you don't just go on a date with the guy's sister now you are fired like yeah. you're fired at this point <laughs> don't you think like this it felt like that should have been peppered throughout the episode somehow. Like it was just like all of a sudden I thought all the little things he did were like the electrical cord rodeo. Oh, that was was really funny. Like I thought that that was such a clever thing of, cause I'm like, what is he doing? And then they don't explain it. Like they just, it's just, you know what he's doing. It's Mm -hmm. such a good little visual bit. I, I thought that stuff was him shredding his tie was funny, but I also am the type of person that like, Whenever I get to use Tara's shredder, I get excited. Yes. I'm like, Ooh, I get to shred something. So my, my parents have a shredder, and I used to get. I mean, honestly, I've now used it so much that it's not exciting anymore. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, you're isn't you're that right. always the way? I wish they had <laughs> spaced out throughout the episode. Both of these episodes together feel like, like four episodes. Yes, and, and and like they had each episode as a puzzle, or each each component as a puzzle piece, and they rather than being like 
let's see how these fit together naturally. They just crammed them all together. And so all these are like little bent pieces of cardboard that are smushed together. It's near the end of the season. That might be part of it. That's true. That's true. Um, and then the final subplot is Niles and Daphne have this little older couple that they always see at Nervosa that they've decided oh, they're yeah, just yeah. adorable. And they look so in love. They're so romantic. He stirs her coffee for her. And they're just like, that's going to be us when we're older. And then, and I was like, oh, one of them's married. <laughs> and then it turns out the man is married and he's confronted by his wife. So if you watch the the credits at the end, those actors are billed as Old Niles, Old Daphne, and Old Frazier, which I thought was funny. I I did enjoy the cranky old man that they said was going to be Frazier who's sitting in the corner knitting. knitting. So when we were speaking of that San Diego trip, when, when Tara and I were in San Diego, we found on this pier, it was like way down at the end of the pier was this little restaurant. And we went and we had breakfast and we were, you know, sitting on the ocean. It was wonderful. And this man came by and saw us sitting together and we we don't typically do this, but the way we were sitting, it was like we were both sitting on the same side looking out. So it looked like, look at this cute couple. He's like, have you two just been married? We're like, no, I've been married for a while. I was like, it's so important to stay like you just got married. Oh, uh, my, uh, my wife and I, we had like, we I loved her. I loved her so much to the day she died. She was such a wonderful woman. Loved her so much. And he's like walking with his son. His son has like obviously heard this like 200 times and is like kind of trying to leave the conversation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we had eight children. And we were like, oh, okay. And he's like, I loved her a lot. She was beautiful. We sent the kids to the movies a lot. And I was like, what, what is happening with this story? <laughs> like, like we're just in there like, uh-huh. Like, it was so adorable, old man. But it was also like, we're, you know, he's telling this story like, I'm not like, oh, gross, old people. But what I'm thinking is, I'm learning about this old man's sex life. Does, like, where do I look for this? Like, yes. what, what I, like oh, I didn't want to, like, laugh, like, because I thought it was really funny. But... And I look. I remember at one point I looked at him like, "What movies did you see?" And he looked like he did not want to have this conversation at all. And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." <laughs> yeah, that's. I thought it was really funny. I, 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 that reminds me of um, was born about nine months after her parents got married, and yeah, her dad will use you would be like. Yeah, you know, I wanted to take your mom to New York, but her parents um, got us a, a weekend at a golf resort in Arizona, and then he's like, "And I don't play golf." <laughs> that's really good and be like oh my god and the rest, but the same thing the rest of us would just be like mm, mm. so should we laugh what is happening you're telling us about your sex life this is this is another parent sex life story it's very calm but but but, but i learned that um mtv started in uh 1981 at the beginning of the year i was born near the end of the year in 81 um and uh MTV comes out at the beginning of the year and I told mom, I go, I go, Oh, I'm a child of MTV. It must, you know, like, uh, like just being like, I didn't realize like, you know, MTV was the same year I was born. I don't know what I was getting at, but she just goes, yep. We turned it on. And I went, this sucks. Turned it off and turned to your dad and said, well, now what do you want to do? That- and I went and like, it like slowly <laughs> sunk into my brain. I was like, oh, okay, thanks mom. That's not what I was getting at, but sure. <laughs> That's... That's very, that's very funny. Um, I've all, I've always maintained my, my birthday's in August. I bet I think I'm a Thanksgiving baby. And I'm like, well, it is my favorite holiday. So, you know. <laughs> I can't see. That's funny to me. And this is, I just can't think of anything I'd want to do less after a big meal. <laughs> I guess also, I think we've talked about this. I, I, well, I was gonna say, I, I, I don't eat a ton on Thanksgiving. It's not like, I don't like most of the foods. So I'm just like, okay, here's some turkey and, and a roll and some mashed potatoes. Okay. <laughs> 
I will say this, and this is getting off on Thanksgiving for a second. I feel like every time I get to Thanksgiving, there's all these people who post like Thanksgiving is a bunch of dumb like all the food at Thanksgiving is bad and you wouldn't eat it the rest of the year. And the second you think said Thanksgiving, I'm like, God, I could really go for some turkey right now. <laughs> like immediately was like, hmm, Thanksgiving food would be really like we should start having Thanksgiving in like April, I, Laurel. Just have doing we like talked a, about the episode of and I don't think this podcast records anymore. It's called Hills to Die On and Michael Schur. It's it's you, you get on there with an unpopular opinion and you make your case. And Michael Schur, who created, you know, Parks and Rec and mm-hmm. good, the good place. His is that Thanksgiving is a terrible holiday. And one of his things is, yes, that if the Thanksgiving foods are so great, why don't we eat them the rest of the year? And we don't because they're not that great. Oh, I don't know, man. Like every once in- I, I, I am always like, man, I always keep saying I should buy a turkey like outside of the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. holiday because, A, it's they're cheap. And then, like, freeze a bunch of it. Like, I don't know. I, I just, as soon as you said that, I just, all of a sudden, I got real hankering for, like, just a nice plate of turkey so I've, and I've some never, mashed potatoes and gravy. I've never cooked a turkey. And so that is mm-hmm. one reason why I'm, like, I'm, like, outside of Thanksgiving, I need to just, like, get a turkey and cook it. But then I'm, like, oh, my God, that would be so much, like, turkey meat. But I do love a good turkey chili, so. I mean, like I said, if you freeze it, you got it for a long time. This is, uh, this is, was a very strange path we just took. <laughs> Here, are, are, are we uh, are we ready to rate the episode? Let's go. Let's go ahead. Let me see if there's anything but else I, 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 I want to say. Which is how did BB meet Doctor Phil? And she says, "Donkey basketball, Texas yes! darling. It's like a symphony to them." So I did two pieces of of, of research <laughs> for this. I was like, "No one donkey basketball as a Texan." I was like, "No one does that." I found a video of people playing donkey basketball. Now it was for a uh, FFA uh, Future Farmers of America. Yes, uh, fundraiser, and it was basically just people riding donkeys, and they had a ball, and they'd pass it to each other, and then try and throw it in the hoop. That's and the beautiful. donkeys could not look less enthused. They were just like, like, what are we doing? Like there was, there was, there was no, you know, pride in the game or athletic competition going on with the donkeys. Like they just looked like, what is going on here? And the people were like, hey. So I will post some videos of donkey basketball for this. The fact that I went, I just Google searched donkey basketball and videos came up. I was like, well, like the literal notes I have is donkey basketball is not a thing. Next line. Nope. I lied. (laughs) Uh, I really hope you didn't Google that in an incognito window because I want that to affect your search results. (laughs) Are you ready to rate it? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it six out of 10 electrical cord lassos. I think I'm going to give this, and really only because BB really saves it and Dr. Phil isn't in it very much, I'm going to give it five out of ten clothing steamers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know how to segue into our next bit because I can't think of something. Like the last few things we've talked about, I'm like, hey, listeners, if you want to talk to us about donkey basketball or give us a fun story about your parents hooking up... <laughs> Uh, please. Maybe not your parents, someone else's parents. Tell us that story. I mean, you know, whatever you want. Uh, send us an email. We are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. Uh, at craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook. Um, get at us wherever you get your podcasts. I am back on Overcast. I know this is the most important, uh, uh, you know, exciting news. Why did I I'm not that, that it's headline back. in the Statesman? I know. I'm sorry. Let's... <laughs> What if I took out an ad? Everyone's <laughs> just open up. It's like a quarter page ad. That's just like Ryan's back on Overcast. Yes. It's just me, like thumbs up. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, but wherever you get podcasts, give us the highest uh, uh, rating you can. Um, a five star rating. If you want to give us a four star or lower rating, Laurel, 
I have something to plug we can do here, or you may have a suggestion that you want to give the listeners, and then I can save mine for a little bit later. Why don't you give us a recommendation? I mean, I pulled my weight with the Oscar episode, so um, <laughs> it's really... Okay. I'm, t- I'm taking well, a week let off. Me- let me pull my weight. Um, you may remember us being on a podcast called The Editing Bay uh, with Joe and Joel. Uh, where what, we, what a dream that was, too. Where we did uh, uh, X-Men uh, Last, Stand. Last Stand. I believe you were on a second episode of The Editing I Bay? I was. I was on... Uh, actually, what ended up being one of their last episodes. The rumors about me being the reason they canceled it are unfounded. But uh, <laughs> it, it was a it was a Christmas episode where we all watched a different Christmas movie that had Santa in it and then talked about our, our movies. I watched a Hallmark movie called, oh, like Christmas Express or something. Oh. Oh, uh, Last Stop Christmas? It, I, I'd have to look back. As Was what, it the one where they go back in time? No, no. Okay. It, it's like the only one I've seen. No, it's no. Um, well, if you enjoy uh, Joe and Joel, they're back. They have a new podcast out called uh, Low Res High Def Podcast. They just dropped their uh, first episode, uh, I believe, this week. It's basically, they, you know, they had a uh, video game podcast, 16-Bit Gladiators. Those are all there if you want to check it out. And a movie podcast, The Editing Bay. And they kind of wanted to do just one based on pop culture and the fact that they're, you know, uh, two Gen Xers. And they've, you know, been there for low-definition stuff, the the VHS and the, the Betamax and all that. And, you know, now they're here, but they're still playing video games. They're just seeing a lot of high definition and, and, and 4K videos and stuff like that. So it's just kind of a, a, a examination of pop culture. It's also Joel has moved away from Texas. So Joe was like, I miss you. Um, it's it's they were on an episode of or they yes, they were just on the most recent episode of Princess Diaries. And there's actually a moment in there where they like I, I like. It didn't really fit with the episode, but it was like Joe like really opening his heart to how much he missed Joel, and I was like, oh, I can't take this out, so it's in there. But this, I uh, the first episode's out. Um, it's you know kind of just them talking about a bunch of different pop culture stuff. I think the next episode they're going to kind of dive into Bruce Willis and their history with you know their their history with Bruce Willis um, and all the stuff going on with his his medical uh, you know issues and things like that and you know uh joel joe is probably gonna talk about the time he ate lunch with bruce willis do you know that joe is a, was an extra in the movie armageddon laurel no but given what i know about joe which is probably not all that much it's all so varied that it does not surprise <laughs> me like that didn't he work on walker texas ranger but he also worked on wishbone and like just it, it doesn't surprise me um first, i mean all this stuff that filmed in, te- in, yes. in dallas and texas I, yeah though want to say hey i had no idea they stopped recording their video game podcast it should come as no surprise i did not listen to that one but i'm thrilled to hear that they have a new one um mm-hmm. i was not I, i'm friends with both of them on facebook and i would well also i'm not really on facebook anymore but i was not aware of this so i will definitely have to give this a a listen yeah uh yeah it it was it was really good it was a really good first episode um I, I did that thing where I listened to it, and as I was listening to it, I was sending them my thoughts yeah. because they do a whole big thing where they're talking about Sesame Street, and they're like, "What did any of those like live action actors from Sesame Street ever do?" And I swear to God, last week I saw Gordon from Sesame yeah. Street in order uh, an SVU oh episode, gosh, like he was someone. Yeah, so I was like, "They do other stuff." Like I was like immediately like texting them, and they're like, "Okay, Ryan, calm yeah. down." Uh, like, thanks. We recorded <laughs> that a month ago. We, we've moved on. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny because when people do it to me, I'm like, all right, come on. But then I immediately want to do it to other people or like I'm like having I'm like the third host in my head. Yes. So. So, yeah. So check out low res high def uh, available 
as far as I know, wherever you get, I believe the website is low res high def. Actually, let me look it up so I can make sure I give them the right. Well, while you're doing that, call out. I yeah, I've, I'm I'm excited to add this. I've gotten I'm really behind on most of my podcasts because I've gotten more into audiobooks this year, um, celebrity memoir audiobooks, mm-hmm. and so most of my just like ambient listening listening time is like, oh, I have some memoir I have to listen to, so um, not have to, but that I'm choosing to listen to. So, but you know what? I'm gonna add them. I'm gonna add them to my to my list. Um, last weekend in San Antonio, one of my friends was like you know, oh, what podcast do you listen to? And Leah was like, oh, Laura listens to a ton of podcasts. Like, she'll have some good recommendations. And so I was like, here's, Mm -hmm. I was like, look, here's just, I pulled out Overcast. I was like, here's the ones I listen to. And she was like, oh, wow. Um, You you listen to some, like, really smart podcasts. And I was like, I do? Um, So I'm happy to add them to the the list. And it's a very esteemed list they're joining, apparently. We can bring this offline, but I have often wanted and thought, and this may be too up my own butt, but... A podcast where people just go, this is a podcast we listen to, and they rec- like, or a, or something. Like, I feel like a lot of people just listen to their podcast and stick with it. And I'm like, I've just wanted to do one where it's like going across the board because mine, you know, have a very specific like nerd bent, and then yours are very like media focused or like some of these very intelligent ones. But the idea of like, okay, we're going to listen to one episode of this and then we're going to talk about it and just be like, this is a good podcast. You should check it out. I mean, I think it'd be this blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that'd be interesting, but that's neither here nor there. A podcast, Hello, podcast. I do. I don't, I don't hate this idea, especially if we get other people involved. Like for example, Alice listens to podcasts that I don't listen to. And so if she's a guest yeah. and it's like, here's one I'm bringing to the table that I would like y'all to consider. Yes. Um, I, we'll talk more about this afterwards. Uh, LowResHighDef.Captivate.FM. I think if you just put LowResHighDef.com, it'll go to that. But that's where you go there. Um, high, high is spelled out. It's not H-I. It's H-I-G-H. So check it out. Um, yeah. But uh, thanks a lot for listening, guys. And uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all. Laurel is the expert.